Or you could be minding your own business and get hit with a couple of waves of antibiotics and your immune system might have been okay. But now the antibiotics wipe out your flora and the candida grows. And essentially, and candida always goes into an overgrowth when anything happens that wipes out your friendly bacteria. The information provided in this podcast is educational and not intended to diagnose or treat medical conditions. Are you struggling with bloating, gas, constipation, and fatigue, but don't know what's causing these problems? The Gut Health Reset Podcast with Dr. Anne-Marie Barter dives deep into the root causes behind these issues that start in the gut. This podcast will give you the knowledge you need to heal your gut and reset your health. Well, thank you so much for joining us here today on the Gut Health Reset Podcast. It's awesome to have you. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. Awesome. Okay. So we are going to talk about candida. It seems like there's a lot of chatter about candida online or people are constantly doing candida cleanses and protocols, et cetera. And so I think let's just start with what is candida? The thing I want to say is the reason in, of late, if you've noticed, there's been more talk about candida on the different, uh, on Facebook and on different boards, um, internet boards, and one of the reasons why that is because we discovered that COVID causes candida. Okay. We, we've had a, a lot of people who had completed our candida treatment years ago who got COVID who came back. And a lot of people who got vaccinated for COVID also came back because we found the vaccine also tr- prompted a COVID relapse. That's why there's more chatter about candida. But to answer your question, candida is a, an organism which lives in your intestinal tract. It's normal for it to live there in small amounts. It's an organism that's called dimorphic, which means it can exist in two different states. It can live as a fungus or a yeast. It's literally like a chameleon that can switch itself back and forth. It also tends to be very easily uh, drug resistant. It genetically flips into different species very easily. Generally, when candida is exposed to any medication or herb that tries to kill it, for 21 days in a row, it will start to mutate after the 21 days, and it switched to a different species. Many years ago, when we used to do candida testing right in my office, we used to do stool tests. We found out that the majority of the people who came to us had candida tropicalis. They didn't have candida albicans. It was only the people who came to us who didn't know what candida was, who weren't, they weren't being treated or treating themselves. They had albicans because they hadn't caused it to mutate yet. But candida, as I said, is a normal part of your flora. It generally serves as food for friendly bacteria. Friendly bacteria actually eat candida as food, and it it acts as a source to stimulate your immune response in your intestines. When we die, candida is basically what decomposes our bodies. That's the one practical use that candida has. It's involved in the decomposition of the body. And that's why um, you're given, they inject you with formaldehyde because formaldehyde is like one big antifungal that they're pumping into your body to stop the candida from decomposing you. It's a nice thought. <laughs> so that's is the it, truth. Yeah. Do you think that um, candida is opportunistic um, in the gut or, you know, why are so many people struggling with candida infections and overgrowth. We used to to say that 100%. It was an opportunistic infection like EBV or CMV or anything else. EBV stands (laughs) for Epstein-Barr virus. CMV is cytomegalovirus. Both of those are viruses that generally hit people when their immune is suppressed. And we used to have that same viewpoint of candida, but I can't quite say it's so true anymore because there are so many different things now that can cause candida. You could be minding your own business and get hit with a couple of waves of antibiotics and your immune system might've been okay, 
but now the antibiotics wipe out your flora and the candida grows. And essentially, and candida goes into an overgrowth when anything happens that wipes out your friendly bacteria. Whether you go in or you can go in a, a pool with chlorine water and gu like gulp down a lot of the water and have that upset your bacteria. You could take steroids. You can take corticoid steroids. You can take cortisol, prednisone, estrogen medications. You can even take too many antiacids. Anything that disturbs your intestinal flora, even if you went for dental surgery, if that upsets your flora, the trauma to the alimentary canal, it will cause candida to overgrow. So theoretically and technically, we always thought of candida as an opportunistic infection, but now there's an asterisk because there's all these different things that can cause it. You can get your mercury fillings removed by a well-intended dentist, but if he doesn't do it right and you leak mercury down your alimentary canal, it's going to cause the candida to overgrow as well. So I mean, what other things? So like, for example, what about stress? I mean, you know, because that's pretty simple rampant. Me simple mechanism. Stress elevates cortisol. Cortisol suppresses fecal IgA, fecal IgE. And it also pumps uh, glucose through those tiny capillaries in your bloodstream and the colon. Those are the very capillaries that the candida, candida taps into in order looking for food. Because candida is a plant. It has a root system, just like any other plant. So when you increase the glucose going through the little blood vessels in your intestinal tract, candida feeds on that. And that's the, that's the cortisol mechanism behind it. And what are you seeing with, you said initially um, when we were starting out the COVID and COVID vaccines can trigger a candida overgrowth. What exactly are you seeing with that? Or what do you think the mechanism is behind that? We're still studying that, yeah, honestly. For sure. Um, there's a there's a leaked document from Pfizer that I have, which a disgruntled employee stole before they left, which is one of the documents that they're supposed to not release for 75 years. Um, but in there, it goes through a lot of the a lot of the um, the pharmacology of the vaccine and what the side effects are. And one of the things we know is that it can suppress various immune responses. So I would have to say it's at least that. I don't know that it's the spike protein. The spike protein is always a fascinating thing to, to study because the spike protein is like a knuckleball. You, even the, not even the, the pitcher or catcher know where the thing is going to go. It does just does so many weird things. One of the things the spike protein definitely does is it, it speeds up any kind of genetic tendency you have. So if in your family, your family is prone to cardiovascular disease and it's going to hit you at 70 you get the vaccine or get COVID with that spike protein, it may happen in a few years. So because of that, it's unpredictable. We only, I only know the occurrence. I only know that people who come to me and during the peak of COVID, I, my practice changed from handling candida to handling COVID and handling vaccine reactions. We know that people who had gotten rid of their candida came back with the candida reoccurring. People who got vaccinated came back and now had candida. That's one thing we know for sure which may explain long COVID. You've heard the term long COVID? Of course. This may explain what long COVID actually is. Long COVID may not be COVID. It may be people who developed candida as a result of COVID, but nobody's differentiating. Basically, you know, you're working with a lot of candida patients. And so you believe that traditional candida treatments fail. So what are the traditional candida treatments and why do these treatments fail? When I first started treating, when I first understood about candida, I didn't know about candida until about 1987. And when I first found out about candida, I was using this very sophisticated computer model 
that um, I had helped to develop for, for uh, Grumman and NASA, which, and which analyzed patients' blood works and, and told you what supplements they needed and whatnot. And we were using this publicly and about 30% of the patients had strange reactions to the vitamins. They had like the opposite effect. So I volunteered to find out what was wrong. And by studying all their blood work, I determined they had some kind of infection in the colon. And then by doing stool tests on them, I eventually found out it was candida. Now, I didn't know about candida. So I told them, go to your doctor, tell him you have candida, get, get him to cure you, and then come back and I'll put you back on the vitamins. Well, the people came back to me and said, the doctor doesn't know what candida is. He says, there's no such thing. He's all, all these things. So I said, well, okay. I said, then I looked um, in, in my, um, this is in New York City where I was practicing. So I looked around and I saw who the doctors were that knew about candida. So I had a list of them and I said, well, go to these guys. Now they know what this is about and they'll help you. So they went to the doctors and the doctors prescribed Iflucan, Nystatin, all these things. And the people came back to me. They said, well, this was really much better because at least he said that he, he knew about it and he, he knew something and he could help me. But he put me on these drugs and everything was great for a couple of months. And then all well, the symptoms came back. And then he raised the drug higher and the symptoms came back even harder. So I listened to this and I went, then I hit, I would listen how I, in my book, a lot of the discoveries that are in my book are from me listening to the patients and reverse engineering what they told me. I would hear what they said, and then I would crack the textbooks to figure out why. So what I learned was the reason this was happening is candida is very easily genetically switchable. It morphs. It switches genetically. The mother cells and the daughter cells of candida are very smart. They exchange information, and they genetically mutate in order to avoid the effect of the medicine. So I, I had figured from reading several books that the, that time period was about 21 days 21 days continually on any herb or pharmaceutical, the candida starts to mutate. So in knowing that, when I started to develop my own candida protocol, I was very, um, very astute in making sure I rotated the antifungals. And that's become one of the hallmarks of my treatment, which makes mine different from everybody else, is on our first phase where we use the, the medicines or the herbs that kill candida systemically, we rotate, rotate them every four days. We found four days was optimal. When it comes to the second stage where we kill the intestinal candida, that's the most important candida to kill because that's the candida that repels the probiotics and stops the probiotics from being able to re-inoculate. We found that on that phase, seven days was optimal for those antifungals. So that was one of the first major breakthroughs that I made was understanding you had to rotate the antifungals. Otherwise, they would, you're just going to develop super strains of candida. Yeah, it, absolutely. It makes sense. I mean, you really have to rotate it. So you're finding that most people are keeping people on the candida treatments for too long, therefore making a super strain two, of two candida. Or, two or three, yeah, two or three years on statin. And That's crazy. Um, two, like years on, on Nizoral, and you're lucky to have a liver after that yeah. point, a liver or kidneys. And people yeah. are always asking me, why don't you ever use the pharmaceuticals? Well, number one, the pharmaceuticals are not as hot as people think. They're not broad spectrum at all. The average person who has candida truly has dysbiosis. They have a combination of harmful bacteria. They have parasites. They have candida. There's really, you're, ne you're never going to find somebody who only has candida because the environment candida likes to grow in and your gut is suitable for parasites and, and whatnot. So if you could take a flashlight and walk through your intestinal tract, you would see all this like normal flora. Then you would come to this big patch of candida with biofilm, with parasites and with harmful bacteria. Then you'd walk that, that, that would end. You'd walk a little more and then you'd come, uh, come against another patch of this. So when you're just using a pharmaceutical that's only antifungal, you're not killing 
the parasites and the bacteria that are symbiotic with the candida. And that keeps your flora disturbed. So the, the, you, you continue to have a dysbiosis and the candida will just continue to come back. That's kind of um, the long and the short of what ultimately happens. That's why when you use the herbs, most of the herbs tend to be broad spectrum. They, they have antiviral properties, antiparasitic properties, antibacterial properties. So you're not just killing the, the candida, you're killing its cohorts. Absolutely. Hey, this is Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. Have you ever spent hours searching for the right supplements to heal your body? And when you finally found them, maybe you weren't sure it was a brand that you could trust or if the products were safe. After hearing about these issues time and time again, I decided to put together a complete store of supplements for healing and supporting your gut at DrAnneMarieBarter.com. There are supplements for constipation, thyroid health, gut health, energy, and so much more. There are bundles created for sleep support, pain support, histamine support, and the list just goes on and on. These supplements I use personally or I've handpicked because they've worked time and time again on countless cases in the office. And on the website, you can see what ingredients we use to put your mind at ease. If you visit DrAnneMarieBarter.com and use the promo code podcast to get 10% off your next order. So what are you waiting for? Go visit Dr. Anne Marie Barter and get 10% off your supplement bundle. Ciao. And now back to our episode. And so you were talking about the patient will probably have dysbiosis, maybe parasites, et cetera, because the environment. So initially, you know, I asked, do you think candida is opportunistic? And you said no. So do you think that candida is the root of the dysbiosis? Do you think the dysbiosis is the root of the candida? Or, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? It's different on every, in every case. But you're, but you're right. Both of those scenarios are true. It's just different in each case. Like you have your person... I said before, is minding their own business. They end up getting dental work, all these antibiotics, and now boom, they have candida. And then you have the other person who has cancer or he has other problems, and candida develops as a, a, a product of that immune system or that environment in his body. So, so it would depend on each case is different. There have been uh, a lot of comments, uh, you know, more recently that our guts are so sterile at this point. You know, everything is so sanitized and sterile, and that is uh, the big contributor leading to dysbiosis, um, leading to candida. Do you agree with that sentiment? Some case, yeah, in some cases it's true. But on the other hand, you, you'll find just as many people whose guts are grossly toxic from eating McDonald's and taking antibiotics and having dysbiosis and all these other things. So it could, that could go, that could go either way. Again, that's a case by case thing. Got it. And then, so why is it important? First, how do we get, a, you talk about a balanced microbiome. How do we get a balanced microbiome? From, from the candida patient, they have to basically remove the bad organisms and then replace them with the good ones. And that's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. But that's essentially how you get it. If you're already a healthy person, if you, my opinion is if you eat per your blood type and you make sure you eat a reasonable amount of fiber in your diet, regardless of your blood type, your biome should be okay. But you also have to stay away from excessive use of broad spectrum antibiotics and then other medications that could cause candida. And it becomes a loop. 
you know, the person develops candida, they develop leaky gut syndrome, which we, we can test for, by the way, a lot of people don't know you can actually test for it. We have three different tests for leaky gut that are all FDA approved and accurate. They develop leaky gut. From the leaky gut, they get rheumatoid arthritis. From the arthritis, they end up on medications. The medications aggravate the candida and aggravate the leaky gut, and it just becomes a spin. So you've got to kind of get out of that loop that the person gets in by handling the underlying cause. And then, as you mentioned before, it could be toxic metals. I've been, I've been specializing in toxic metal issues since 1984 when I first got out of school. It was the first thing I really leached onto that I felt was fascinating because so no one knew about it. I had patients come to me with arthritis and all these problems, and I tested them, and I found out how could they not have arthritis? They have like 20 times the normal level of cadmium in their joints. And there are so many doctors just don't know about this. And many of these metals cause candida. The key ones are mercury, copper, iron, and arsenic. Those are the big ones that you'll find in candida overgrowth. And sometimes aluminum, because of the fact that aluminum cuts your hydrochloric acid production down in your stomach. And anything that lessens your hydrochloric acid could lead you towards candida because the hydrochloric acid in your stomach contributes to a balanced pH in the colon. You want your colon pH to be somewhere between 6 and 7.2. When it hits 7.4 and goes higher, that's when candida really starts to multiply. So that's why taking that's why taking antacids, even if it's Tums excessively, can cause candida. So so big, like so heavy metals are definitely a big cause. Leaky gut um, can be a cause of an imbalanced microbiome. Is there anything else that really? And it sounds like you know drugs and surgeries and things like that. What else? And probably bad food. You kind of mentioned that with you know no. eating McDonald's and toxic gut. Um, we mentioned stress earlier. Is there anything else that really contributes to, um, to the imbalance of the microbiome? A big thing that, that doctors especially don't pay enough attention to are parasites. It's generally considered in our country that parasites only occur in third world countries. And that is just so not true. I can, I can tell you personally, it is so not true. And parasites upset your biome and it's so easy to get them. You can go to a salad bar and get, get a wave of, G, of Giardia or amoebas. You can, you can get blastocystis hominis from so many different foods, basically undercooked foods, foods that tend not to be of good quality. But it's unfortunate that even organic foods, because people will tell me, well, I eat all organic. I tell you, well, you eat organic. Okay, so the organic food is grown in, a, in soil, right? Instead of the artificial soil. What is the soil that it's grown in? What's in that soil? Oh, it's manure. Yes. And what, what's in manure? Parasite larvae. So you've, you've got to just make sure you really clean your vegetables, cook your meat well done, and be a good boy or girl, and you'll you have a good chance of avoiding all these things. Yeah, so parasites are another piece um, to the puzzle. Yep, that's definitely, I think, missed in a lot of screening, it appears. It's so. the unknown. It's the unknown piece. But the key thing is when you're listening to a patient for the first time, when he tells you that he went typically out of the country and he had Montezuma's revenge and he came home and since he's home, it's just never been the same. That's a real good tip off to check him for parasites. Absolutely. What do you see about other major pathogens like um, C. diff or E. coli or other kind of bigger bacteria that is, is more associated in the pathogenic realm? Do you see that affect candida or affect the microbiota at all? Well, again, it's the rule. Anything that upsets your flora is going to cause candida. So if you go to an, if you're in a nursing home where you visit someone in a nursing home and you pick up staph aureus, 
or Klebsiella from a hospital, that could disturb your biome. And then next thing you know, you have candida. Okay. So lots of candida disturbance. Okay. So um, just kind of wrapping up, is there anything that we really left out about the microbiome or candida? Yes, it's it's repairing the biome. Uh, Another big discovery I made that I talk about in my book is that probiotics don't work (laughs) until you've eliminated the candida. People are always telling me how, you know, should I keep taking my probiotics? How should I take them now that I'm doing your treatment? I said, well, here's the best thing to do. Take the bottle of probiotics, go to the bathroom, go to the toilet, open the bottle and directly pour it in the toilet and save yourself some trouble. So you don't have to swallow the pills because they're not going to, the probiotics will not work until you remove the candida. When you study, when you really study microbiology, you get to see how candida and other funguses literally repel probiotics. They push them away from the lining of your intestinal tract so they can't stick again. The other thing too, sometimes is people don't take good probiotics. They take cheap cheap ones. The only ones that really work are the ones that are either called sticky strain. It's an industry term, sticky strain or human strain. And those will actually work because those will stick to your gut lining. If you're taking stuff that's not human strain or sticky strain, it's not going to stick either. Even if, even if you got rid of all your candida, it's still not going to work. And then there's also the, the issue of prebiotics. Prebiotics like fiber and different types of substances um, that the probiotics feed on are sometimes more important than the probiotic itself. If you think of it as an analogy, if you, if you threw grass seeds on the lawn, right, you then want to give the grass seeds food so they can grow. You wouldn't continually throw seeds on the lawn all the time. You put the seeds down and then you give them things that they're going to, they're going to feed on or we're going to alter the environment in their favor so they can grow. So you've got to have a balance of probiotics and prebiotics in order for it really to work. Yep, exactly. All right. So really balancing that out. And then how long do you think it takes to heal candida infections? Um, in my experience, what, with my protocols, it's generally six to eight months to eliminate all the dysbiosis and then get the probiotics back in their solid. And the six to eight months includes the different unexpected events that occur, the vacations, the parties. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> right. Life suddenly happens. That's right. so true. Right. So that's that includes that. But to totally handle the case sometimes could be years because Getting rid of the candida is just the tip of the iceberg. Then you want to look beyond that to see what is allowing this. I mean, if it was a simple case of the person with the antibiotics, okay, that's something else. But when you've got somebody who's been chronically ill for years, the odds are is they have metal toxicities or they have a lot of toxins in their body, which uh, we we often use the um, the DPL test from Great Great Plains, which measures the DPL tox. So we, we screen the person for chemical toxicities and metal toxicities to make sure they're really clean and the candida is not going to come back again because they're toxic. That's an important aspect. And if you find something there, it could take months to get rid of it. For sure. Yep. Familiar with that test. I run it, run it a fair amount. Um, awesome. Anything else um, that we left out? Um, I feel like we covered it pretty well. Yeah, I would say. I would okay. say reasonably well. <laughs> and then, I would say um, that generally, generally, if you read my book, I outline the five phases. And the first one is to is actually a parasite cleanse. The phase zero is a parasite cleanse. But it's a parasite cleanse also with a, with a colon cleanse for candida to remove like what we would refer to as the surface layers of candida. And that, that essentially sets the person up in that 
phase zero program we use is also acting as a challenge for the testing that we do. Because we found that candida tests read much better if you're doing organic acid tests for candida or whatever. They read better if you first do like a candida flush to draw things out and loosen it. Then we go to phase one, which is where we rotate systemic antifungals. Then phase two, where we rotate the intestinal antifungals. And then we do the probiotic program. And then after the probiotic program is done, that's when we screen the person for toxicities. We do tests like the organics test from Great Plains. We do hair analysis, blood work, and we look for anything that's imbalanced in the person, any toxicity, detox them, rebalance them. And when you do that, usually they're in better health than they were before they ever had candida. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And um, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? They can find my website, which is um, health-truth.com, www.health-truth.com, and also the New York City Candida Doctor. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for everybody that was listening here today. If you want to hear more of something, please let us know. Subscribe and say hello. Um, and we look forward to hearing from you. Take care. Ciao. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Gut Health Reset Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a rating and a review so more people can hear about the podcast. And hey, take a screenshot of this episode and tag Dr. Anne Marie on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Anne Marie Barter. And for more resources, just visit DrAnneMarieBarter.com.